Hello and welcome to another episode of the Smarter Securities podcast from Global Custodian in partnership with SWIFT. I'm John Watkins, Managing Editor of Global Custodian, and today I'm pleased to be joined by Mark de Jesse, CEO of CLS. Mark, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi John. Very nice to be with you today. Looking forward. Yeah, me too. And, and you're certainly a familiar name for our audience, given your work at the ECB and involvement in T2S, and of course, most recently, what you've done at CLS. But uh, and actually, I should should probably take this opportunity to congratulate you on your 20th anniversary at CLS. Um, how has the past year been from a celebratory and reflective point of view as a company after hitting that milestone? Yeah, great. 20 years is a milestone indeed. Uh, it's three years that I am in CLS, but uh, 20 years that CLS is in operation. Uh, we celebrated a long journey to get there, uh, which has been really exciting. Lots of challenges, starting from seven currencies and uh, less than a trillion US dollars of settlement per day to now having 18 currencies on board and uh, settling close to 6.5 trillion US dollar equivalent every day on average. I mean, this is really a big achievement, an ecosystem achievement. Uh, I think part of the success is really the fact that we bring together the ecosystem of the uh, global FX space and uh, more to come. Very exciting. And I think that's that's obviously going to be the uh, the basis of our conversation today to talk a lot about the future. So so why don't we, we start there? What, what, what for you right now are the biggest industry drivers of, of change in the FX world? Well, interesting uh, time in which we are. I mean, one of the main uh, challenges driving the FX market is obviously the macroeconomic and the global context in which uh, our society is being developing these days. So uh, a lot of challenges these days, uh, challenges in geopolitics, challenges in economies, which are in a new cycle. And this drive a lot of necessity to adjust trades across currencies and to be able to exchange in this context is requiring strong market infrastructures, uh, which CLS is focusing to deliver uh, for this regard. So that's one of the big, big, uh, I would say, context. Maybe a second main driver that we see around us these days is the reinforcement of all regulatory contexts in which we operate, as it is large value uh, markets and uh, critical systemic uh, flow of uh, uh, currencies that we are exchanging. There is more and more regulatory context. We are looking in particular in the field of uh, the resilience and the capacity to have a continuous service being delivered, whatever type of uh, adverse situation can happen. We, we saw it, by the way, very uh, concretely with the pandemic that we were able mm -hmm. to continue to operate in this context. We see it this year also with geopolitical context. So interesting uh, uh, to see uh, that it is there. The, the, the regulatory bodies are very strong on that these days. You see there's lots of initiatives. We are trying to push uh, for more, uh, uh, I would say, security in the FX market. Uh, you see the cross-border uh, roadmap launched by the FSB uh, together with the CPMI, the, the Central Bank's community. Uh, you see also in the uh, global F FX market the reinforcement of the code of conduct uh, in this context. So uh, a lot of development are showing how relevant it is in this context to have uh, solid services. Yeah, um, so certainly some familiar challenges uh, that, that you've noted there. And, um, you know, can I ask you about uh, you know, the impact of new technologies as well? And, um, you yeah, know, we've got a a couple of other things to come on to as well, including the impact of instant payments and, and T plus one. But yeah, at this point, just uh, what, what's the implication of new technologies for, for CLS? Uh, well, actually for the FX market, if we can start there, and it's not necessarily a new development, but an interesting one. 
technology is a strong base on which we rely uh, to deliver our services. Uh, in fact, uh, CLS uh, has modernized completely its technological environment uh, over the last years. Uh, complete new software. We are renewing now the complete uh, new hardware context in which we operate. We have tested uh, so-called new technologies like uh, uh, blockchain distributed ledger type of uh, technology, which are not fit for the purpose for the moment uh, for operational services like our core settlement. Interesting to look at. Uh, we are looking, uh, therefore, to modernize and strengthen our context. I should say it's interesting to look that when you operate uh, designated financial market utility as we are, uh, in fact, the technology uh, represents yeah, two-thirds, three-fourths almost of our uh, cost base. So it's very important to focus on the solidity, resilience, scalability of this technology. And therefore, uh, it's, a, it's a big part, but uh, we have to be careful not to take too fancy new technology too quickly yeah that's 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 really good and that's a very kind of grounded view that uh, i always think the industry should take on you know not um what do they say a hammer looking for a nail uh, approach yeah absolutely as i said a minute ago you know some of the other points you've, you've kindly left out so i could ask you a follow-up question on or uh, you know around the impacts of payments moving to instant and and of course for for our security services space that the conversation around t plus one on a kind of global basis, particularly in the US, has dominated this year. How, how do you think those kind of changes will you know, impact expectations in the FX space? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good uh, and interesting topic and question, this one. Uh, it's really uh, basically uh, to sum it up is what is the same day settlement pressure that we have in this uh, context? Uh, and I should say in this space, you should make the difference, I think, between uh, at least two, if not three, main categories of cross-border payment context. There is a world sale, FX-related uh, payments, which we are core into it for CLS. This is really uh, our uh, focus, and that's what we are delivering to the market. There is uh, instant payment, as you call it, uh, which are more retail focus. And then there is remittances, which is transferring money from a country to another for a uh, different purpose. That, that's different use case. CLS is clearly on the first one, wholesale FX settlement. And the same day, the picture on how the same day pressure for settlement is coming is changing. So there is a pressure you mentioned, the new settlement cycle, which is being uh, uh, introduced into the United States uh, for the settlement of securities market, going to a settlement cycle of T plus one which will put pressure in particular for Asia when orders are coming from Asia to bring the US dollar on time for settlement will be a challenge. And therefore, we have to see how to adapt somehow the capacity there. It is another dimension to look at the necessity for, I would say, granular uh, atomic settlement, uh, gross uh, uh, trade by trade on the FX market. That's another uh, dimension and that's much more complex. The settlement of FX market is very large value and required to have appropriate mechanism to net transaction. I mean, uh, I was mentioning CLS in my introduction is settling an approximation uh, of uh, 6.5 US trillion, uh, US dollar, sorry, uh, a trillion every day. Uh, this uh, is reduced in terms of liquidity down to 1%. So you need only, if I may say so, uh, 65 billion to settle this amount. 
uh, it would not be possible to settle it in an instant model uh, in a granular way, trade by trade. It would be too much for the balance sheet of the banks to generate this level of liquidity. So it's only through these mechanisms of optimization and netting that we can settle there. So we are thinking uh, on the same day settlement for services, but with a certain degree also of netting that we would have to bring there. So the technology and the context in which you bring those services is a, a, a strong reflection that we have today and that we are looking after to resolve in the coming uh, years. We cover, obviously, custodian banks for a lot. So we're used to hearing about how you know market players have to react to all these changes, but there certainly is a lot facing the FX space and, and, and yourselves as well. I mean, what does it mean for kind of market infrastructures in the FX space like yourself to, to, to keep up with, with all this? Well, uh, we, are, we have to engage with the market. The difficulty when you operate in a central bank was the same as our experience to work for 20 years for the European Central Bank. As much as you operate in a, a DFMU, uh, as I was mentioning, uh, you, you have to speak to the market. You have to speak to the ecosystem to understand how the challenges are developing and where we can bring most value. The value we bring is to relieve operational risk and to minimize liquidity needs to settle in the most safe way possible, uh, in a way that uh, you reduce uh, uh, yeah, settlement risk, basically. So in particular, the principal risk. Uh, uh, our uh, membership and our ecosystem is really focused on this, uh, basically, bringing down the risk, increasing the efficiency, both in terms of liquidity and cost uh, to process all this uh, large volume. So safety resilience is key there. As soon as you operate such uh, amounts every day, you need to be sure that you can operate every day. And so that, that's the, the necessity to engage with the ecosystem is very important. Yeah, well, and allow me to jump on that point then. Where, where do you see settlement risk lying in this industry? And yeah, you know, really eager to hear, if, you know, we, what did we learn from the recent data that's come out from you know, the Bank of International Settlements that seems to kick up a little bit of a storm? And I always see some interesting uh, media outlets reporting on, on some of that data. But uh, yeah, what did we learn from that? And, and uh, yeah, again, first part of the question, where, where do you see settlement risk lying in this industry? The risk we are looking at is so-called the Erstadt Bankhaus risk. So the principal risk that you may uh, have paid one leg in one currency, but you don't receive the, the second leg in the other currency. So what CLS is bringing is to avoid the, this possibility by connecting those two legs in a certain way. Yeah? So PVP, yeah? payment versus payment. And all the risk analysis we derive is coming from there. We see two fields where uh, there is still risk spending in front of us. There is a field that I just mentioned, so the evolution of same day, what is coming on the same day, and so we are looking at this. Uh, it does not represent probably that much in uh, unitary amounts. And then there is uh, maybe 10, 15% of what we see in our core services that I mentioned earlier. Then there is uh, uh, the other currencies that we are not settling. I told you we are settling only 18 currencies somehow out of uh, close to 200 around the world, but not all of them are uh, deliverable first. Uh, many currencies are controlled within their country and constituency and therefore cannot be exchanged. Not many are exchanged in a very large amount on the market. There is just a few which are missing and those few are geopolitically sensitive and complicated to manage. To bring in a currency into a system like CLS where you have multilateral netting and interaction among those uh, systems, you need to fully meet what we call the principle for financial market infrastructure in those countries. 
these are uh, rules which were defined, principles which were defined by central banks uh, and uh, uh, securities uh, uh, organization to uh, be able to safeguard and make stable the system. Those are requiring very high level of compliance on the legal base, on the operational base, on uh, having the appropriate finality rule uh, and all the mechanism which makes that you are compatible. It is very difficult to bring those countries in if they don't meet those requirements. And that's what we are working on. It's not on us, it's on them as, as much uh, so that they can come in. So it's a complex, and sorry, a bit long answer, but that's for sure a field where we are trying to expand, bringing new currency in. And the, the first we would target are the highest in terms of volume exchange. You could see, for instance, that the Chinese currency now is in the top five currency exchange from the survey of the BIS you mentioned. And therefore, uh, it would be a priority to find a solution to settle this type of uh, currencies. So I guess this, this brings us nicely on to, you know, we really set the scene of what's going on at the moment. And, and of course, we can't predict some of the, the, the future macro uh, events. So if I could ask you, for you, what, what is the future of, of FX? And uh, given everything we've talked about already, where, where do you think attention should be focused? Just as I mentioned now, the focus is first, we need to continue to be fully covering as much as possible the currency, the 18 currency we are setting to the market, bringing the maximum protection on these, evolving our capacity uh, to be resilient and to deliver the service in any adverse situation in which we could be, and continue to see how we can evolve our service to answer those challenges I mentioned. The, the two main ones being uh, this uh, same-day development and other currencies so that we can bring them in eventually through uh, alternative mechanisms so that we have a quicker way to bring them in uh, and a facility to lower the risk there. For that purpose, we have developed uh, a complementary service which is doing everything but settlement. So it is reducing settlement risk, but indirectly, it's called CLS Net. Huh? Mm -hmm. And it uh, delivers the capacity to uh, basically capture the trade in a straight-through process uh, manner to match them and to calculate bilateral net position among the parties. And then they have to settle themselves those bilateral exposures. So it does, let's say, uh, uh, two-thirds of the road of securing things or limiting also the exposure and having a standardized way, straight through process uh, to, uh, to process the trade execution up to the settlement, which remain to be done directly by the institution. So we are trying to be innovative in this space, and that will be uh, the, the focus of attention for the future. Interestingly enough, this service is taking off uh, quite substantially. Mm -hmm. Uh, from 15 billion every day uh, uh, netted uh, last year. We are uh, over 100 uh, on average every day now this year and believe that it will continue to grow uh, quite rapidly uh, in the coming years to a level uh, where we will have absorbed those trades that I was mentioning before, which cannot be settled today uh, because of uh, lack of convergence of law and uh, mechanisms uh, allowing for it versus uh, securing as much as possible the flow. So that's a strong focus of attention for the future indeed. Yeah, we, we've, we've read a lot about um, uh, CLSnet on, on Global Custodian and seen some of the milestones you hit, the developments and, and some of the new the banks that have uh, that have joined up with the initiative. So um, there's a, a plug for CLS and Global Custodian in one in one sentence there. But um, yeah, so... I... <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, we appreciate that uh, you get an interest in what we are doing. And uh, we appreciate to read uh, Global Custodian or listen, I should say now, Global Custodian. <laughs>
That's it. The development of uh, of modern day uh, publications. You listen, watch, read, all of the above. So, uh, Mark, it's been great having you on the episode. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and giving us some more insights into what's going on in the FX market and at CLS. Thank you very much, John. 